the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Give us a call today to get started. To get your custom retirement blueprint, set up your free introductory meeting right now. All you have to do is call Josh's office at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Number two, Bruce Hooley Show, and we have a treat for you. It's always fun to catch up with one of my favorites. I've told you before, I feel uh, deep regret over wasting a lot of my life in uh, journalism (laughs) because uh, I'm I'm ashamed of my profession. The only surviving vestiges of honor and integrity in the profession are people like Jack Windsor and Tom Susie. And it's a pleasure to have Jack Windsor on the show with us. He's with Ohio Press Network. Jack, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Uh, Bruce, thank you for your kind words. I, it's incredible. Uh, it's an honor to be here. So uh, let's go to the beef at the Beef Expo. Governor Mike DeWine yeah. and Joe Plystone, grassroots candidate. Uh, Governor DeWine won't debate him, but he will apparently uh, insult him or uh, mildly threaten him or at least uh, issue some... Uh, very blustery words about how he would kick Joe Blystone's derriere. I presume he meant um, figuratively, not literally, in a debate. What did you make of that? And have you been able to confirm that DeWine did indeed say what Blystone said he said? So I was not able to confirm that DeWine said what Blystone said that he did. However, um, you know, you look at one one point doesn't make a line, but a few points can make a line, right? You can you can draw a line through a few points. Mm-hmm. And uh, one video surfaced originally is a 25 second video of the encounter, and it's impossible to hear the exchange between Blystone and Dewine. Blystone, by the way, uh, heard that the governor was in the building and uh, tried to get over to him quickly. When he got there, he said, "Look, why aren't you going to debate me?" Because Dewine had turned down the opportunity to debate Blystone, Renacy, and Ron Hood. Uh, at a GOP gubernatorial forum. And uh, DeWine allegedly said, hey, why don't we go over here and talk about it? Subsequent that, Blystone said, no, I'm good. We can talk about it here yeah. in front of everyone else. Are you a coward? And uh, it's at that moment that mm-hmm. Blystone says DeWine grabbed his shoulder and said, you know, I'm going to kick your derriere, which I agree with you. I think it was figurative, like, yeah. hey, I'm going to take it to you in the polls. But, uh, you know, when you look at two vi- both videos, uh, DeWine does say something in the first video I saw. Uh, you know, the A double snake lines, it looks like comes out of his mouth. So his campaign has, uh, deferred comment on the matter. Uh, but it looks like he was a little fired up. And, uh, Bill Cunningham in Cincinnati, um, has apparently said, Hey, that kind of sounds like something Mike DeWine would say. So I'm going with the fact that he probably did say it and he lost his cool. Yeah, probably so. Well, uh, this to me smacks of pretty revealing that if Joe Blystone uh, uh, the Joe Blystone, at the very least, is under Mike DeWine's skin. 
Would you agree? I would agree that anyone that stands up against Mike DeWine is under his skin. Yeah, you've but experienced yeah, that. Agree. Yeah, you've experienced that. You had your credential yanked for daring to ask decent questions and not just lapdog questions during the first days of COVID. Yep, I have my, my press credentials revoked. I also talked to state lawmakers who were on phone calls with the governor back then and heard about tirades. Again, secondhand information, right? So it's gossip. I can't confirm it. Um, but sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, if you stand up against the guy, he kind of loses his cool. And I wrote an article about that yesterday, uh, an editorial titled Curveballs, Big Boy Britches, and the Beef Expo, where I just kind of lay out, you know, this is who Mike DeWine is. We we see the grandpa-like uh, uh, persona play out on the COVID-19 stuff, unless he gets a hard question. Uh, but when you see him um, up against opposition like Blystone in a raw video, uh, that's who Mike DeWine is. Mike DeWine doesn't handle curveballs well. He doesn't like opposition. Jack Windsor is our guest, Ohio Press Network. You can find his work and those of his colleagues at theohiopressnetwork.com. His Twitter is at Jack Windsor, W-I-N-D-S-O-R. All right, I read your story about Blystone being ordered to return six figures in campaign contributions. Uh, this, to me, I, I don't know if I'm right or not, and I'm not trying to uh, gloss over what this is, but you and I know, and every I think, and Ohio knows who Joe Blystone is. He's just a regular, literally and figuratively a regular Joe. He runs a farm. He yep. runs a restaurant. He's he's a jean-wearing, cowboy boot-wearing, bearded, you know, kind of everyman. And my guess is there are a lot of uh, I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed in terms of how you get campaign contributions and the paperwork you have to file and all those kinds of things. I don't think Joe Blystone's in this to, like, pocket a bunch of money from campaign contributions. He probably this to me just looks like bookkeeping errors that uh, that may have been committed. Yeah. So I, a couple of things I did talk to the secretary of state's office and, you know, their posture about this is, you know, they would say our job is to help him be compliant. Our job is to help him understand what those rules and regulations are and to fall within compliance. Now, they did put out a 20 page letter. And in that letter, uh, there are about one hundred thousand uh, dollars identified where they they, the Secretary of State's office, indicate that it's necessary to refund those dollars. There's another 133,000 that's kind of up in the air. If they did, if those dollars did come from corporations, then whatever dollars came from corporations needs, needs to be returned. And then there's like 40,000 in expenses that need clarification. They need things like checks and receipts. But to your point, Bruce, uh, this is common, uh, according to the Secretary of State. And just my observation of politics, usually campaigns file reports and then if something looks awry or if if it's a little bit off kilter then you know they'll get a letter they'll they'll get an examination letter and they have time to correct it in this case it appears Blystone has until about uh the end of March to correct and clarify uh he did put out a press statement yesterday indicating uh you know his words were that the press blew this out of proportion and that they're working closely with the Secretary of State's office and by April 15th they will have um submitted to the Secretary of State uh, a response that says, hey, you know, this is inaccurate and this is what we're going to return. And they expressed that they will have that buttoned up. So we'll look forward to that report. But, um, you know, to your point, it is something that's probably more common than not. But it certainly is newsworthy when you're talking about, you know, $230,000, $260,000 of money that needs to be clarified or accounted for or maybe returned. Sure, no doubt. Uh, follow the Ohio Press Network and Jack Windsor's work on Twitter at Ohio Press. And the website is theohiopressnetwork.com. 
Okay, uh, gubernatorial race is one thing that we're keeping our eye on the primary. The other big nugget, of course, is the Senate race on the GOP side. And last Friday, we had a dust-up out in Gahanna. Mike Gibbons, Josh Mandel, I'm sure you've watched it, seen it. You may have even been there, for all I know. Uh, The winner didn't have to be a guy who was, you know, nose-to-nose with the other guy. Long-term, fallout-wise, I don't think we've had a poll since. If we had, I'm sorry, I don't know the results of it. Who do you think came out looking best in that of the five candidates on stage, three of whom sat there and pretty much weren't involved, and two who were heavily involved? Okay, so I'll try to give you the short answer on that. Um, you know, trending poll-wise into that debate, you had uh, uh, Gibbons and Mandel probably neck and neck. J.D. Vance is usually in around that third position. Now, um, depending on who you are, if, if you are a – you know, a, a Trump lover, if you like that grit, I'm going to get in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, some people appreciated that Josh Mandel did what he did. Some people didn't like it. Um, it, it so some people also didn't like how, how Mike Gibbons responded, that he's been alleged to have, you know, used some, some foul language as well. And then you've got J.D. Vance, who is kind of sitting off to the sidelines going, you know, um, and hey, let's stop this. And then, you know, he swears too. So you look at the top three and you go, all right, not, no one was really without fault. But when you look at, um, you know, who looks good with a microphone and who sounds good, I think J.D. Vance sounded good. Um, we've heard that. Um, I, I think um, Mike Gibbons is probably really good in the weeds and can talk policy. But when it comes to seven-second sound bites, he struggles a little bit. So maybe he didn't look as good. And, you know, Josh Mandel is Josh Mandel. He's He's sticking with the – you know, he's a Marine, he's a fighter, and he's not going to tolerate any any pushback. And, you know, he tells his, his voters that's why he wants to go to D.C. Um, I will tell you, I heard kind of behind the scenes that Mike Gibbons allegedly met with uh, Donald Trump last week and things went well. Um, but uh, someone close to the Trump campaign said that, you know, Friday didn't vote as well, that it wasn't yeah. a good follow-up to the meeting that Mike might have had with uh, the former president. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I thought Gibbons, uh, when you're on top of the polls, you can't punch down. He's not on top by enough that we know he's on top because there's such a huge margin of undecideds in there. But, look, that's Josh Mandel. Everybody knows that's Josh Mandel. I think Josh went in clearly with the whole, like, you made millions off Chinese oil. It plays to Josh's... <laughs> you know, typical attack on people. And Gibbons, my thing with Gibbons is that I think he's a guy who has a story that can resonate with people, and I think he'd be an effective senator. I think probably, you know, all of them, but Dolan, in my opinion, would be an effective senator. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you can't make, you can't get down and become the guy who's attacking you. I thought Mandel got exactly what he wanted out of that exchange. If Gibbons uh-huh. thinks he got what he wanted out of that exchange, I think Gibbons is making a mistake. I think temperament-wise, now there's a question about Gibbons. You know, in the beginning of this race, I will say this, and I, you know, I'm not coming down in support of any candidate, but a, a lot of people were saying, hey, you've got Jane and Josh that are kind of going at it like, you know, brother and sister, right? No, Trump loves me more. No, he loves me more. Mm. And, and Mike was kind of the adult in the room um, to some people who yeah. were saying, hey, you know, this is what I stand for. I'm free enterprise. I have experience. I'm not a politician. Here's here's the thing that I can do. I'm, I'm a negotiator. I can go to the Senate and make deals happen. And I think you're right. I think I think he exposed a side. I don't know that that's who he is, but he people saw a side there that kind of 
went down to, you know, that position. And I think that they were looking at him before as, well, that's not who he is. Um, so, you know, it might have created some confusion about people who thought about supporting him. Based on the last poll that I saw, there isn't a real strong adherence or commitment to a, a candidate. So if I say today, hey, I'm going to vote for Mandel or Timken or Gibbons or Vance, that might change, right? Um, and so there's still a lot up in the air. And I think as of last Friday, 39% of voters were undecided was the projection. So there's still a lot of wiggle room and, and there's still time left. No doubt. Jack Windsor, our guest, Ohio Press Network. On lo- online, theohiopressnetwork.com. He's on Twitter at Jack Windsor. Ohio Press Network is on Twitter at Ohio Press. All right, I'm uh, up against a break, but I did want to give you the chance to tell us about what we missed, those of us who had to be out of town working last weekend, when you hosted the SEL seminar at North Columbus Baptist Church. Uh, you and I both know there are a lot of really, really committed people who understand the danger with SEL. Uh, what kind of response did you guys get, and um, how did that afternoon go? You know, it, it went really well. It was it was an opportunity for us as a news outlet to do what we, we like to do, which is engage people in dialogue. And I consider that a public news event, right? We're, we're sharing and disseminating information as it happens that's relevant. I mean, our kids, my goodness, are the most important legacy that we leave. So we talked a lot about social-emotional learning and what it is and what some of the hiccups are. Uh, there were some activists uh, in one panel, and then there was another panel with uh, boards of uh, uh, school board mm-hmm. members from the state board to, you know, newly elected board members throughout the state of Ohio. And, you know, here's, here's the common theme with social emotional learning. Um, it's based on emotion. It's based on EQ instead of IQ. And it's a very subjective, not objective thing. And the thing that I took away, the overarching thing, is that if there's a nefarious intent behind it, it's not good. And it appears that there may be. Even if there's not a nefarious attempt, what it does is it divides your time, right? You, only, you have a limited number of hours um, chasing education. And so um, if kids are not socially and emotionally better off from this, and it appears that they're not, well, okay, what's happening to traditional reading and writing and arithmetic? Well, that's not going really well either. So the thing I walked away with is, uh, you know, we might want to refocus what we're teaching in our schools to, uh, you know, the things that we can measure, like can you read, can you write, and can you do your multiplication, arithmetic, and subtraction? Yeah, because those levels are going down. That's indisputable. Jack, as always, great to have you. Appreciate your work so much. Thanks for what you do and keep on doing what you do, and you've always got a platform here. God bless you, Bruce. Thanks so much. There you Look go. forward to talking to you again. Jack Windsor. Follow him on Twitter at Jack Windsor. Ohio Press Network on Twitter at Ohio Press. Their website is theohiopressnetwork.com. So I got some good news yesterday afternoon, and then before I even closed my eyes at night and went to sleep almost instantly on my my pillow. I found out that my hopes were dashed. The news that I had been given, well, it turned out to be premature. What is that news? Well, for a hot few hours, I was operating under the blissful presumption that the Upper Arlington school system was no longer going to be led by Paul Imhoff, the superintendent, the guy behind the i got to think how I'm supposed to say this so that I don't offend the wokesters uh, near uh, Fishinger and Tremont Roads. 
non-binary bathrooms, all sex bathrooms. I can't say sex. Sex is uh, not a parameter they respond to. All gender bathrooms, I guess. Boys and girls bathrooms, girls and boys bathrooms. There are no girls bathrooms. There are no boys bathrooms because there are no girls and there are no boys. Welcome to Upper Arlington. Formerly one of the uh, elite school districts in the state of Ohio, no longer so, at least academically, under the leadership, in air quotes, of Paul Imhoff. A friend sent me an email yesterday that had a post from Instagram, which came from the Minnetonka Coalition for Equitable Education. You heard me. The Minnetonka, Minnesota, Coalition for Equitable Education. And they were celebrating the appointment of Paul Imhoff as superintendent of Minnetonka, Minnesota local schools. Uh, Then, later on, I was told that Mr. Imhoff had backed out. I was hoping the uh, frigid Minnesota temperatures would uh, jolt him to the awareness that girls are not safe in bathrooms where uh, boys are allowed to go. But boy, there for a few hours, it sure seemed like Minnetonka, Minnesota, and Paul Imhoff were a match made in hell. Let me read you from one of the posts now still surviving on the Minnetonka Coalition for Equity and Education Instagram page. MCEE has been a lightning rod for critics. Its leaders have been accused of vandalism and violence, had their private information shared publicly, and have been harassed online. Even the superintendent of Minnetonka schools has been attacked. Why? Because the Minnetonka Coalition for Equity Be Equitable Education is led by BIPOC, LGBTQ+, and neurodivergent Minnetonka students. We wrote our own imperatives. <laughs> Inmates in charge of the asylum. Make all final decisions about the goals, actions, and values of the Minnetonka Coalition for Equitable Education. Meet with various stakeholders in the community and represent the Minnetonka Coalition for Equity and Education in the schools, the community, and the press. So this is a thing led by students. As I say, the inmates are running the asylum. Remember my comments the other day about the usefulness of guardrails. Guardrails are extremely important on highways. They keep you from plunging off the edge of the highway, down over a cliff to a fiery death. Likewise, figurative guardrails are not only important, but necessary, and not just for kids, but for all of us. We all need to be told, whether specifically or indirectly or subliminally, where we can operate safely and where we cannot. You want to have a student organization? Great. Have it. I think it's a great way to develop leadership among students. I don't mean to insinuate or suggest at all that students should not be allowed to exercise a degree of leadership, but... Because the human brain is not developed until age 25, and because the portion of the brain that develops faster than the reasoning part of your brain is the portion of your brain that responds to external stimuli, like me on Facebook, friend me on Twitter, all those things, it is 
beyond the capacity of students to be the leaders in a school. Yes, the schools exist for the kids, for the kids, not for the kids to rule and run. That's a job for adults, except when the adults are people like John Marshausen in Dublin and Paul Imhoff in Upper Arlington. Because though they are both past the age of 25, neither one of them have in any discernible way displayed a fully developed brain when it comes to understanding that girls need to be protected from predator boys, that boys can be predatory, that girls can be predatory toward boys. Imagine, you know, a group of mean girls and a freshman boy who's in an awkward stage of his life. Hormones raging on both sides, some ahead of others. And there you got to protect the kids. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.